0: Hello, and welcome to the White's Chapel Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen to our weekly sermons. This is a quick way to enjoy or even revisit a recent message. We are continuing our series 23 and Me tonight uh, over the course of the month of January in honor of the fact that it is 2023. Uh, We're studying the third chapter of the 20th book of the Bible, Proverbs. Proverbs. We're looking to King Solomon's words to help us so that we can head into this new year spiritually healthy. Uh, Because in the same way that these 23andMe DNA tests can give us information about our bodily health and our family history, Scripture, Proverbs in particular, gives us a chance to look more deeply into our hearts, uh, into our spiritual health. And so over this series, Pastor Sterling kicked us off and he talked about faithfulness, And then last week, we talked uh, about trust, and tonight, we're talking about generosity. uh, How we use our money, but also how we use things like our time, and our resources, anything that God has given us, anything God has blessed us with, how we use those things. Uh, So let's continue tonight, reading from Proverbs 3. This is Proverbs 3, verses nine and 10. This is what it says. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Uh, Okay, this is a pretty short scripture for us tonight. And yet it is densely packed with wisdom. And so here's what I want us to do tonight. I wanna really dig into these two verses, one at a time. Because I want us to see what Solomon has to say to us. especially because if if I'm being honest these two verses are probably among the most misused in the Bible. And so I want us to be sure that we really understand what King Solomon is saying here. So let's start with verse 9. King Solomon writes, "Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your produce." Okay, in ancient Israel, to give your first fruits was very literal. It meant you were offering the first produce of a new harvest. So the Israelites were asked to give uh, whatever they had reaped to God. They offered it to the priests. They offered it to the poor. Uh, Their first fruits were representative of not only the first, but also the best that they had. And, And it was their way to not only support the faith, support the priests financially, but it was It revealed the state of their heart. It went deeper. It was a way for them to symbolically represent their devotion to God. And I love that because it's still so applicable to today. It is as true today. How we use our money, our time, our resources, it shows the state of our heart. And so tonight, one of the first things we have to ask ourselves is do we honor the Lord with our substance? How do we use our first fruits? I saw a great example uh, this week of what this can look like. Uh, I recently had a baby. I told you all that last week. I showed you a lot of Sadie last week. so uh, None this week. But, uh, but I can tell you that over the last eight weeks, we have my, my wife Hannah and I have plumbed the depths of every streaming service that exists. Uh, when you have to feed a baby every three hours, you watch a lot of TV. And one of the things that we watched recently was a documentary on HBO about a restaurant called The Lost Kitchen. Some of you may, uh, may have seen this. It's, it's this restaurant in rural Maine in a tiny, tiny town called Freedom. And it was started by Aaron French. Erin grew up in Freedom. And Aaron has an amazing story that she talks about in the documentary. Uh, she struggled with addiction. She went through a, a really terrible divorce and she hit rock bottom. And so she had no other option than to move home and live with her mom in her small hometown. But once she got there and got settled and started figuring out what she was going to do with the rest of her life, she decided she wanted to open a restaurant, a restaurant unlike any other. And she called it The Lost Kitchen. And the story behind this place is great. Uh, The Lost Kitchen has no menu. Erin cooks whatever local farmers in her area of Maine offer her. She supports these local farmers and takes whatever they give her and she cooks it. And she cooks it really, really well. And because of that, this restaurant became extremely popular. It became so popular that she needed to hire a bunch of people. But instead of trying to seek out the, the best people, she just hired local women. None of them had culinary experience or waitressing experience or restaurant experience of any kind. They were just local people who lived near her. And still, her restaurant continued to, to get more and more reservations. Well, uh, as it was gaining popularity, someone told Erin that their local post office in town was going to have to shut down. And the post office was one of only two buildings in the downtown, there was the post office and there was the general store. Uh, And so she decided to do something unique. She eliminated the ability for people to make reservations online or by phone for her restaurant. Instead, she requires that you send a postcard to them through the local post office. Uh, And then reservations uh, are given based on a lottery system. So they go through all of the postcards and they randomly select postcards from all over the country. Today, the Lost Kitchen gets over 20,000 postcards a year from people all over the United States who want to eat there. And they only operate five months out of the year and they only have uh, enough room for 50 people to eat there a night. And so people send postcards to the Lost Kitchen for years trying to get an opportunity to eat Aaron's food. Uh, But because of all of the things she's done, because of her system, the post office in Freedom is now thriving. And the farmers in this rural region of Maine are thriving. And the people of Freedom Maine, a town with a population of 722, they're thriving. Because Erin French used her substance. She used her first fruits to be generous. When her restaurant began to flourish, she could have capitalized. She could have expanded. She could have opened more locations. But instead, she decided to use what she was blessed with to help local farmers and townies the post office, when the blessing came, when the harvest came, when she got her first fruit, she gave it away. And I think this is a beautiful example of the heart that Solomon is calling us to. When we start to succeed, when we're blessed, when the harvest comes in our lives, where do our first fruits go? Do we honor the Lord with our substance. Because what happens with our first fruits says a lot about who we are and the things that we value, the things that we treasure. You know, Anne-Marie mentioned this, but uh, Monday's Martin Luther King Jr. Day, which is appropriate because Dr. King lived out this verse. We know that Martin Luther King was generous with his time and his energy and his passion. We've seen that. But did you know he was also extremely generous with his money? He, he donated to charity, a different charity, every single month. And even though he struggled financially, Martin Luther King Jr. donated the money that he received when he won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1964 at the age of only 35. When he won the Nobel Peace Prize, he was awarded $54,600. And he put every cent of that into the Civil Rights Movement. If you're wondering, I did the math. Uh, Actually, I just found a website that did the math for me. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, But if you're wondering, $54,600 in today's money adjusted for inflation is $524,437.22. Half a million dollars. MLK gave away his first fruit. When harvest time came, he was generous first. That's how he lived his life. Dr. King once said, and this is one of my favorite MLK quotes, which is saying a lot for a pastor, let me tell you. Uh, He says, life's most persistent and urgent question is what are you doing for others? Or to put it another way for us tonight, what are you doing with your first fruit? How are you honoring the Lord with your substance for others? See, Solomon's advice in verse 9, it's simple. It's to put God first with whatever it is we have to give. Just like Aaron French. Just like M. O. K. Our money, our time, our energy, our skills. We give the first of it, the best of it. To honor him. And when we do, we also find that there is reward in it. That's what Solomon says in verse 10. Let's read it again. King Solomon says, be generous, give to God your first fruits, honor God with your substance, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats bursting with wine. Okay, this is where our scripture gets a little trickier. Because you could read this and you could say, if I'm generous, if I give, I will receive. And I actually believe that's true. When we give, we do receive. But it's not in the way that some preachers have said. I said this earlier, but, but this verse is among the most abused verses in the Bible. And that's because it is often used by those who espouse prosperity gospel. Now some of you have heard me talk about this, probably ad nauseum, but if you're not familiar with prosperity gospel, it's essentially the idea that if we check a couple of boxes, if we come to worship, if we tithe to the church, uh, we will end up healthy and wealthy, guaranteed. And if we don't do those things, we'll end up the opposite. And there are unfortunately pastors, several in Texas, a few in DFW, that preach this false idea, in order to generate revenues for their churches and honestly, for themselves. I promise y'all, I don't have a jet and I will never have a jet. (laughs) But there are pastors that do. And they use this verse. They use this verse to back it up. They say, look, it's right here. Solomon says, if we give our money, our barns will be full, our vats will be bursting. So if your barns aren't full and if your vats are empty, because you haven't given enough. They say we can dictate God and use Him as a cosmic ATM. That if we give, we'll get what we want health and wealth and prosperity and success at work and, and the house we want and the car we want and perfect, well behaved kids. But Solomon isn't promising any of that in this scripture. He says there will be reward in giving our first fruit, and I do believe that's true. But it isn't the cheap stuff that prosperity gospel offers. Let me give you an example. When I was a kid, my my grandparents had a a little condo in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And we would go visit them, and uh, my grandfather was a lifelong Methodist. Uh, He was the former superintendent of schools in Fort Worth, and he and I were big buds, Uh, And so when I would visit, he used to take me to the horse races at Oaklawn Racetrack in Hot Springs. Uh, And I probably shouldn't share this, which is never a good thing when you say that, but uh, I probably shouldn't say this, but uh, whenever we would go, he and I, he would give me $20 and he would let me pick horses and he would go place bets for me. Uh, Well, one time uh, we went around the holidays and I was about maybe nine or 10 years old and over the course of a few races, I lost 19 out of the 20 dollars that he had given me. So there's your lesson on gambling, everyone. Uh, but uh, I learned that it turns out picking the horse with the coolest name, not a great strategy for winning. Uh, anyway, I only had a dollar left, and my papa, and my grandfather, told me to go to, to, to pick the horse I wanted to make my last bet with, So I just picked the horse with the greatest odds. It was 30 to one or 40 to one odds. And uh, by far the biggest underdog. Well, I, I won. And, and I won like $40 off of my $1. And my papa was stoked. He was so excited. He was freaking out. Uh, he brought uh, nine-year-old me my $40 in winnings. And we left Oak Lawn, And as we were leaving, we walked by one of those bell ringers, Salvation Army bell ringers. And without much thought, nine-year-old me stuffed my winnings in the bucket Well, later that day we were at my grandparents' house and they asked me what I was gonna do with my $40 that I'd won. And I told them, well, I gave it away. And they were shocked and they were so proud and they made a huge deal out of this. They they told me I'd done great, they loved on me, they gave me like a a 10 minute lecture about this is what we do as followers of Jesus. Uh, And I'll never forget that. That has stuck with me. Look, nine-year-old me, I didn't think that much about it before I stuffed my money in that red bucket. It just didn't mean that much to me. But my grandparents taught me that day that it could mean much more to someone else. That by giving, I had done good. They taught me that my generosity was a part of, of who we are as followers of Jesus. Now, here's why I tell you that story. The greatest reward that I got from giving that day had nothing to do with money. Before I left, I, I bet my grandparents probably slipped me a 20. Uh, I don't remember, but, but what I do remember is the lesson that they made sure to teach me. I remember how proud they were of me. I remember how they retold that story a 100 times at every family gathering, uh, well into my 20s. Uh, and now they're both gone, and I cherish that memory, how proud they were. I love how much they loved that story, how much they love remembering that day. See, I was absolutely rewarded for my generosity, but it wasn't with the cheap stuff that prosperity gospel says. It was so much better than that my generosity that day, it connected me to my grandparents. It helped teach me a lesson. It created a great story that they loved. And all of those re- rewards are worth way more than 40 bucks. And I think that's the heart of verse 10. See, prosperity gospel, preachers, they, they read this scripture and, and they say that it reveals a way we can transact with God. A way that we can exchange money for the things that we want from God. We give God money and God gives us success and more money. We don't give God money and God gives us failure. But I think that that is a really sad understanding of this text because it cheapens it. The real reward of generosity the real reward of offering our first fruit and our substance to God, the real reward that Solomon is suggesting is the fact that we are honoring the Lord when we give. It's just that simple. And that reward is enough. As followers of Jesus Christ, we don't give so that God will give us more. If he gives us more, that's great. That's a blessing. And I do believe that God is in the business of blessing. But that's not why we give. We don't give out of that spirit because that's not generosity at all. That's a transaction. That's cutting a deal. We give because in doing so, we emulate Christ. We emulate the one who is generous. The one who was so generous with his time that he spent three years wandering around the ancient Near East healing people and teaching people and loving people and creating relationships and listening to them. We emulate the one who was generous with his reputation. He spent time with people that no one else would. The abused and the broken, the tax collector, the second class citizen, the unclean. We emulate the one who was generous with his life to the point that he gave it up for us. He went to a cross and he laid down all that he had so that we might have a path to eternal life. That's real and there is no greater gift than that. There is no better model of generosity than that. And so when we give, we give our first fruit We give it all, there's nothing we hold on to. We give our substance the way that Jesus did. And the cool part is in that we also find reward. We find that when we live lives of generosity, like Jesus, like Aaron French, like Dr. King, and when we're proud of and encourage generous living, like my grandparents, then we live lives where our barns are filled with plenty. We live lives with vats bursting with wine. Hallelujah, amen. Will you pray with me? Lord, we want to be a generous people. We wanna be a people who offer, not the last, but the first. People who offer the best. God, not just with our money, but with everything, with our time. Lord, may we offer you the first fruit of our day, the first five minutes or 10 minutes. God, may we honor you with our skills. Lord, I pray for all of us in this room, all of us who have different amounts of money and different skills and different amounts of time. Lord, help us to find ways to be generous with whatever we have. Help us to honor you with our substance. Lord, we want to be like you, we want to be like your son. Jesus who is so generous with us who is still so generous with us who comes when we call who listens when we pray who loves when we feel at our lowest so God help us help this church help this world to be more generous to put you first we pray this all in Jesus name Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.